Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Right here on 1150 KKNW, your congenial host, New York Vinny, hanging out with you on this, uh, what, what appears to be a beautiful Saturday morning. I don't know if you're in town, out of town, driving around or what you're doing, but get out of the house, man. Get out. It's, it's one of them days we are going to want to be outside, as you just heard uh, the weather on our station. Of course, 4th of July weekend, so hoping that everybody has a happy and safe 4th of July uh, if you were lucky enough to get Monday off, so you have the opportunity to have, a, you know, uh, let's see, I would have taken Friday off too, so you could go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Uh, you know, that's a five-day weekend. That's a that's a vacation right there. So, uh, and if you are flying out, more and more people, are, you know, are getting fearful of flying. So more and more people are using their cars uh, to go places. You know, I'd rather take the, uh, you know, have the have the car and drive the car to, uh, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, if you're going cross country or something like that. But with a five day, tr- you know, window there that, that some people have, it's a lot easier for them to get in their car, use their car and, you know, take that trip to Idaho, to Snake River, to uh, maybe northern Nevada, Oregon, uh, you know, all, all the places that you say, OK, it takes me what? Eight hours to drive there. You know, if I fly, uh, you know, it's going to take me two hours, but I'm going to wait in the airport for six hours. So I'd rather, you know, be with the family, sing songs, do a Clark Griswold, and, you know, get out and have some fun. So a lot more people hitting the road. I-5 was a parking lot yesterday. Uh, I, I had to go up to uh, from um, North Seattle to Arlington, <clears throat> and it was, uh, it was uh, pretty crowded i mean people were definitely getting and a lot of a lot of what was good to see too is a lot of camp uh camping people you know a lot of vans a lot of people with trailers a lot of stuff like that where people were going you know you could see they were they were heading out for a nice vacation a few days off and let's let's face it gas is less expensive this year now remember last year what was it like almost six dollars a gallon on fourth of july um this fine weekend here in 2023, we find that you can buy, I mean, you can find gas for 428 a gallon in uh, the Seattle area. The Walmart uh, down in Auburn has it for 428 a gallon. That seems to be the cheapest gas in Seattle. Costco is 439. Um, Angels of the Wind is 439. Uh, reported. This is all reported on uh, gas, but Costco is usually where I go for my gas because I got two of them within uh, close distance to my house. And uh, let's see, uh, if you're uh, in Arlington, which is right at the start of the Joe Ricci Memorial uh, Auto Test Course, the pilot up there where you get off at the Arlington Darrington, that was 449 yesterday. So they're, uh, you know, that's a, I mean, let's face it, those are decent prices for gas these days. Uh, and, uh, you know, the pilot, you don't need a, um, a card to, uh, you know, to buy gas if you're at Costco or Sam's Club or uh, um, Angel, uh, uh, 
um, Safeway, you have to get that card, you get the discount. So I don't know about Safeway. I forgot if you have to get the uh, use the card for the discount. But I know the pilot up there, you don't. I mean, I'm, I'm suggesting that you drive all the way up there uh, to get gas and pilot. But again, uh, the, the cost of it all is a lot less than it was last year. And that's, that's you know, that, that's a good thing because that entices people to drive. And, you know, well, let's face it. Uh, I, I See, I, I've become so down on flying that if it is at all possible for me to drive somewhere, I will drive. Because I just, getting in a plane these days is just, uh, it's, it's maddening. You know, now I know, again, some places you got to fly, you know, I mean, it's a, you know, you're going to go cross country uh, and you got, you know, five days to do it. Yeah, you, you got to fly. But those local trips that you discover really incredible things, you know, like uh, you, you go up to Baker Lake or you go up to uh, Lake Samish or even you cross over the border and go up to like Harbin Hot Springs or Vancouver, something like that. Although, you know, it's, it's weird. I've never been in canada on fourth of july and i was actually thinking this year of doing that just to see i mean i've been out of the country uh for a for fourth of july which is a really weird kind of uh feeling in itself i I remember that uh you know about 30 years ago i was in france for fourth of july and um i'll tell you right now they don't celebrate fourth of july in france 14th of july is a pretty special day for them but fourth of july eh not so much but, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to go look at it through the lens of somebody else. Uh, it's, uh, it, it definitely makes me, uh, uh, you know, appreciate this country and what all the craziness that uh, is going on here right now. It's still us, baby. It's still, you know, we still all got each other. Hopefully we'll get that straightened out. So, But that's good news. That's very good news uh, uh, for the average consumer who just goes and fills up their car. Um, more good news as far as motivating your car. Volvo announced this week that they are joining up with Tesla as well. So if you are uh, a Volvo electric vehicle owner, you'll be able to join the ranks of uh, General Motors and Ford and charge your vehicle at a Tesla supercharger. And I'm going to tell you that that's, uh, I, you know, I, listen, there's no doubt in my mind now that the Tesla supercharger, their plug and their receptacle and everything is going to become the standard for the business. It's like, uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It's like the Betamax and, the, you know, the VHS when they first came out. Uh, those of you who might be old enough to remember that, uh, you know, you get a couple of different formats and then it winds up being something that you didn't expect it to be. Well, I think that's going to happen with electric cars, with EVs. Uh, the other good piece of news uh, that I ran uh, among several piece, good pieces of news that I ran uh, upon this week um, was the price of cars. You know, we've been talking for a couple of years now, certainly since the pandemic, about going out and buying a car and how for many vehicles you had to pay over sticker price. The dealers were charging four, five, six thousand dollars over sticker price and for that's msrp and for many people they needed a car who's gonna they didn't argue they paid it but that party is over apparently uh certainly on certain models 
it's still going to exist. You know, if you want to go out and buy a Z06 Corvette, you're going to pay over sticker price. If you want to buy a Maverick, uh, that, that great little pickup truck from Ford, you're going to pay sticker price for over sticker price for that. But there's uh, there's more and more room to negotiate on a new car, and much more than there was even a year ago, even six months ago. You know, I follow the guys at Car Edge, who we have on every once in a while, uh, Zach and his dad, and uh, Ray is his dad, and and we, uh, you know, they they have their finger on the pulse of this. And they followed us along, and, and, and all of the different companies, uh, car companies, you know, are all, they're all starving for business. Believe it or not, many of their cars now are oversupplied. And if you're going to go out and buy a Toyota, you might have to pay a bit. It's a demand car. If you're going to go out and buy a Honda, that's a demand car. Uh, but short of those two cars, as you go up the, uh, the, the the ladder, there's cars out there. As a matter of fact, I was just looking at a, a an ad on, on TV. I think it's actually on YouTube where they were offering rebates. And, you know, it's like the old days, man. Come in and get a car. It's the Ford 4th of July sale up to, uh, you know, $1,500 back. <laughs> when You hadn't seen that in a while. But that's back again. So if you're in the market for a car, you're looking at a pretty good time. It's uh, it's now starting to be. Now, used cars, oddly enough, are down. Uh, excuse me, are up. Good used cars are still up. They're not, they haven't fallen back to a, some kind of normal like a, a new car has. So if you're out there shopping for a good used car, you're still going to pay a premium price for it. Just uh, the way the market is going, I think people are still saying, well, rather than pay $50,000 for a new car, if I could find a two or three year old car and I don't have to take that hit on the depreciation, you, you go ahead and you do it. And you save yourself a, a little bit of money. A friend of mine just bought a, a BMW, a 2020. And I mean, it's is there much difference between a BMW 2020 and a BMW 2023? Nah, not really. Not a lot. And you find a nicely certified pre-owned one, a nicely kept one. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You drive it a Beamer, you drive it a Beamer, right? Uh, it's, uh, you know, unless you're driving an old uh, 320i with the fenders falling off or something like that. But for the most part, you know, people look, they go, okay, you got a Beamer, cool, you know. And the cost to repair them is phenomenally high. So, you're, you know, you're, you're okay. If you buy buy a couple of year old car, uh, you know, and, and you still have the uh, the coolness of driving that Beamer, or or most cool people drive Mazdas, as we know, uh, as we've often said that on this show that uh, if you're driving a Mazda, you're even extra cool. But uh, you know, a Beamer puts you in a certain uh, territory. So that's uh, uh, that's some of the things that are going on. What we're going to look at today. Uh, is, uh, well, we're, we're going to jump into, I thought this was an interesting article I read. We're going to jump into this article a little bit, the 13 best American cars of all time, but as looked at, as looked at by somebody outside of America, which always leads to interesting takes uh, because, you know, people look at the American, the uh, automotive industry is different in most places 
than it is in America. Uh, you have different models, different restrictions, different things. They have headlights that we don't have yet or, or are just getting now. They have rearview mirror cameras that we don't have yet or are trying to get approved by the uh, uh, by the uh, uh, consumer agencies or the federal agencies that regulate that kind of stuff, the uh, NHTSA. So, you know, there's there's stuff that you get on other on cars outside of the country, outside of the United States and Canada, because Canada kind of goes along with everything. Uh, but this car, you know, there's cars you get uh, that are different, small, size wise. It's just a different market. So we'll look at, uh, at that in a little bit, too. Um, we also got a chance to take a look at. Excuse me, I got a little bit dry throat this morning. Uh, we got a chance to look at the new electric Silverado uh, that GM is is pushing out. Their first ones are starting to hit the streets. They are the work truck variety, which is uh, I don't want to say it's the stripper, it's the you know, but but it's not your fully equipped, uh, you know, extra cool with all the gadgets truck. It's it's basically a work truck, and which is why they call it a work truck. WT. It says it right on the tailgate. But the first impressions on the truck are really good. Most of the people that have seen it, have driven it, have talked about um, the speed. Obviously, it's got a ton of torque. So if you got to pull something, you're pulling tree stumps or whatever with it. I don't know why it would be. But it's um, it, it, it feels like it's a strong truck. It, it doesn't feel light. It doesn't feel, it's not light. It's 9,000 pounds. Yeah, 9,000 pounds unladen weight. It's a heavy truck. You know, and, but it's, um, it moves. It's fast. It's got a huge battery. Uh, some reports are that you can get over 400 miles of range on the, uh, the Silverado work truck, depending on your conditions, how you're using it, how you drive, but which is going to, make it interesting for the F-150 Lightning because uh, the Lightning, as we have documented on this show by driving it, the range isn't even what it says it is. It's a great truck. I love the truck. But the range in that truck is not, you know, especially if it gets cold, if it gets, uh, if, if you're using the heater and the defroster and the wipers and everything, which you do a lot here in Seattle, uh, it, it reduces the range of that truck. So I'm sure that Ford is going to be scrambling a little bit here to try to, uh, you know, match, the, at least match the Chevy numbers. And, and I know that there's software updates and stuff coming for those trucks uh, that will increase uh, the battery life, the battery power, so on and so forth. That's one thing that's going to be interesting as we go forward with these cars is these, you can update them by over the air. So you don't even have to take it to a dealer. You park your car one night, they tell you don't drive it for six hours, and then they pump in the uh, the updates and they change it all by computer, unless there's a mechanical part, obviously, that has to be changed. But uh, the recalibration of different systems all comes uh, snapping out of the air. And it also worries me a little bit about somebody hacking into your car, so this way you know, you get into the car in the morning and it automatically drives you, I don't know, out to North Bend or something like that instead of to work. It's interesting, though. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's it, a phenomenon to watch. 
So, uh, but the Silverado, going back to that Silverado, man, it looks like it's going to be a winner. And you know, it's funny too, is they canceled the Avalanche, which is a truck I loved, which is that, you know, truck that had that the back came out and it, it, it had open air and had to, it was just, I thought, a, a, a neat little truck. But if you look at the Chevy electric Silverado, the Silverado EV, it's got a lot of the Avalanche in it. You know, the design, uh, the, um, the the feeling of it, uh, the look of it, the aesthetics of it has got a lot of uh, the, the old avalanche in it, which I was a big fan of. So not that I think they did it for me, but, you know, it's it's good to see that because that was a, a great truck, uh, the avalanche. And um, unfortunately, you know, the, they decided to stop making it. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. They stop, decided to stop making a Chevy Bolt, which is interesting. I saw something online this week. It's actually like a group getting together, a protest group. You know, people protest anything these days. Uh, a protest group is trying to get signatures on a petition that says to Chevy, don't stop making the Bolt. America needs the Bolt. America wants the Bolt. It's uh, one of the only reasonably priced American electric cars out there. And that it's uh, and really when you think about it, that is true. I mean, you're going to pay, you know, between 35 and 40 for one, but that's way below the average of um uh, what is it about $47,000 right now for uh, the average American for the average car. The average ticket price as you walk out the door of the dealership, is 47. That's not including the financing. And the Bolt is, um, you can buy a Bolt for 28,000, 29,000 bucks. And it's a, it's a good car. I, I haven't spoken to anyone that's owned a Bolt that has complained about it, except for the glitches that they had where there, a few of them burnt up which is a major glitch, but still. Uh, most of the people I know that either own them or I've talked to, and I stop and talk to people sometimes that own them so I get a feeling of what they're feeling about the car. Love the car. It's uh, it's good on range. It's comfortable. It's small. It, uh, it gets them where they're going. It's easy to charge. Uh, it's uh, actually a little bit of fun to drive. So it's an interesting little car. And, but GM is concentrating their efforts on the $100,000 Silverado pickup truck. They make more money there. It's kind of a shame if you think about it, because for these electric cars to be successful, the average working person is going to have to be able to buy one, to afford one. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong here, but I think $100,000 for a pickup truck an electric pickup truck is a lot of money. And, you know, it's, it, I mean, it puts your payment, right? If you stretch that, the payments out 40, I mean, it probably puts your payment at $1,200, $1,300 a month. Now, maybe if you're a, a contractor and you're making, you know, a ton of money, it's an easy, uh, easy thing for you. But if you're uh, starting out, man, you're not going to get that car. That's for sure. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's going to be a little too, uh, High budget for you. That's why used cars are doing so well. 
because still the prices of cars are just insane. But you, you know, that's what the market is. Uh, you know, I don't. I mean, yeah, I oh, I remember it when you could buy a new Cadillac for fifty seven hundred dollars. Well, yeah, uh, that, yeah, I, I remember that too. I, I remember a lot of things that it don't happen anymore. But really, uh, the Silverado, uh, if you are looking at the electric truck, uh, looking for an electric truck, looking for an electric pickup truck, it may be worth your uh, wait to uh, to hold off a little bit, take a look at that, uh, as in comparison to the Ford F-150 Lightning. Both are going to be impossible to get. Both of them are going to be impossible to get for a while, but... You know, sometimes you get lucky. You're probably going to pay over, uh, you know, over a sticker price for them. Anyway, so uh, that is uh, some of the news that's going on out there. I did mention the Volvo. Now, I wanted to um, bring in and welcome in right now our erstwhile producer, the man who makes things really work around here. I'm just the, I'm just the, the guy with the, the the gravelly New York accent. Nathan is the man who makes this thing work out as well as it does. Good morning, Nathan. How are you? Good morning, Vinny. Happy Saturday. Oh, happy Saturday. Now, if you're a Mariners fan, is this a happy Saturday for uh, you? If you like Star Wars and fireworks, it's pretty happy. <laughs> Uh, if you like watching Mariners win, well, unfortunately, uh, that's still something that we're trying to do. Yeah, boy, oh boy, man, it just it, it's it's getting ugly. It, it, it really is. I mean, you know, when 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 Larry Stone in the Seattle Times starts writing um, articles about how bad things are, because Larry's one, I mean, he's one of the nicest guys in the world. This guy, I mean, I know him personally. He will look for the positive. In anything, he may be worse than me when it comes to somebody who's who's you know. I mean, he's he's honest and he's truthful about what's going on, but he he's not a hit guy. You know, he's not a guy that goes and writes articles to try to get a manager fired or try to get a player uh, booed or something like that. He's a fair and good writer, and he wrote an article this past week that said, "Boy, this thing is coming apart." Uh, there is a lot of crazy things happening in baseball, just in general. I mean. I was thinking at the beginning of the season, so I'm already been planning this trip, and I was super confident about it earlier in the season. But I'm going to be going to the Mariners game in Cincinnati when they're there in September. And at the beginning of the season, I was like, oh, the Mariners, they're playing the Reds. You know, the Mariners are going to have a great team this year, and the Cincinnati Reds, well, they've always been, you know, bottom feeders in the National League. So it's like, ah, this will be no problem. Go out there. We'll see a Mariners game. Have a good time. And then go home. Well, now it's like the Mariners, they're almost at the bottom of their division if it weren't for the Oakland Athletics. And the Cincinnati Reds, they are like 50 and something. They've got a lot of wins under their belt. And well, now I'm scared for the trip. I have a feeling it might not be a pleasant trip when I go there to Cincinnati. But at least I'll get to see my brother, too, while I'm there. Yeah, you get to see your brother go to a ballpark in a different city, and you know you get you get the yeah uh, you get some of the chili. Yep. You know, I mean that's the big thing. Can't pass that up. Is you know chili mac, baby. <laughs> chili mac at the ballpark, and you'll have a you'll have a great time. Uh, you know, regardless of what. Uh, you know, Cincinnati is a it's a weird city, but it is, it is where it is and what it is. But uh, it's good. I'm happy that David Bell, former Mariner. Is um, is having success there as the manager of that team? Great, and so uh, so all of that is good. Um, 
What are you doing for the weekend? Anything interesting? Uh, not too much. I'm just going to kind of take it easy on the 4th of July. I got a dog at home that's very scared of bangs and booms, so we're uh, going to have to kind of keep uh, her calm and relaxed. Well, now, now do, do they, they have those uh, things I see them advertised on, on YouTube all the time. You know, you put the the jacket on the dog. And oh, like the like thunder the vest or whatever they call yeah, them? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we don't have one of those. I think we just try to... Uh, desensitize her and make her be happy and you know give her lots of treats and try to encourage happy behavior it's a tough ordeal but uh, we try to make a positive out of it for her and instead of having her cowering in fear yeah i had an uncle that uh, we used to put uh, something like a thunder vest on we used to have to tie them up every once in a while just to keep them away from people but similar idea just a different uh uh, different uh person uh or different animal yeah. And I then guess. I had a neighbor who had PTSD too, so I mean, I was always trying oh. to be very respectful of that, and because it's a serious thing. It shows you how America has changed, you know. Uh, when I was a kid, <clears throat> maybe not even when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, like that, you know, people were a lot meaner than they are now. If you can believe that, I mean, we always talk about people being mean now, but uh, people were a lot meaner in those days, in the sense of playing jokes on people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so there were there were people I know that had things like PTSD and stuff like that. They call it shell shock or, you know, this or that. And, you know, 4th of July, people would, like, go up to them and, like, firecrackers behind them and boom, you oh. know. And, 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 yeah, I, I mean, it was really, it was, t- you know, a tough neighborhood that I grew up in. You know, it was survival of the fittest. Nowadays, you do that or you see that and, you know, the person gets railed. But in those days, man, I, I always felt bad for, for people like that. Because I knew a few people that had come back from Vietnam mm-hmm. and had um, had that kind of experience where they were, you know, they just weren't the, the same as, as when they left, unfortunately. And it was uh, there was some mean – there's always been mean people out there. Oh, for uh, sure. Do you I want can... to ask me a question? I was just going to say real quick, I can think of in my neighborhood, there's a conduit tunnel that connects two ends of a green belt, and people would always go into that tunnel and blow off big things because with the tunnel, anything that's loud is even louder, so they really try to amp it up, and it always seems to happen every year. When there is, um, I I never saw too much out here, but Back in Pittsburgh, I noticed it a lot. I never saw it in New York either. It's just a, a phenomenon to Pittsburgh. Um, when people would drive through this, uh, as you come into Pittsburgh, there's mm-hmm. a tunnel and then there's a bridge. They're, they're kind of connected. So you come out of it. And as soon as people go into this tunnel, the Fort Pitt Tunnel, everybody starts honking their horn. <laughs> I mean, I don't, it, it's like, you know, they've gone through it every morning for the past 20 years. But when they get in the tunnel, for some reason, they got to slow down and they honk their horn. And it's it, it's actually annoying. Uh, you know, it, it, at 8 o'clock in the morning, you sit in the tunnel and everybody that comes in the tunnel has to honk their horn. So, they, I mean, you know, you get a headache from it. Either that or you're driving a V8 Mustang and then you put it in neutral and give it a good rev. Oh, yeah. I've taken a couple of really I've, – I've done that. I've taken a couple of really cool cars and they were just – you know, <laughs> you, you know, rev it up a little bit. All right, you got a question you want to ask me? Yes, I do, Vinny. Yo, what Vinny, what are you driving this week? Ah, sounds great, man. What am I driving this week? I am, I'm driving um, I'm driving a pretty cool car, actually, this week, Nathan. I'm driving something 
that uh, is was here once, went away, and now Toyota has brought it back. I'm driving a 2023 Toyota Crown. And um, the Crown, for those of you who are a little long in a tooth like I am, was the top of the line Toyota back in, uh, I guess it was 72, 73, something like that. It was their big flagship car in Japan, and they brought it over here. And then one day it just it went away. First it was there. Then it wasn't there anymore. <laughs> but, you know, Toyota had so many different products that, I don't know, big cars weren't their thing. They were actually kind of weird looking a little bit. They had a funny front grille. But anyway, the, the car did continue on in Japan. And so now, uh, uh, to replace the Avalon, Toyota luckily still believes in cars, but they put a little bit of a different twist on the Toyota crown. And actually, I think come up with a very attractive package uh, with this car. You know, the car's been around for 70 years, but they bring it back here in the United States for 2023. Um now, I don't think a lot of people are going to look at this car and say, well, oh, I remember the crown because uh, most people are going to buy a car like this are much younger than that. And they're going to look at it. But if you want, if it, what it has impressed me about this car is that it kind of brings together a full size car, yet giving you kind of the clearance off of the ground uh, that an, an SUV would. So it replaces the Avalon, the big Toyota, which I thought was a great car, you know, great family car for people who do not want to buy an SUV. And there are people out there like that. Uh, this car has nothing to do with the Avalon at all. It's just a, a totally different uh, animal. And it's certainly a distinctive looking car. Uh, it, the I'm driving one with like a silver and black color scheme to it. And it's really, really distinctive looking. Uh, it, it almost reminds me of the old 77, 79 Seville's where you had the, the long front hood, the shorter deck and a small trunk. And, and that's what's kind of interesting about this car is it has a small trunk. The one I'm driving has got, it's the Platinum with the hybrid max system. So you get the, uh, the, the 2.4 liter turbo four cylinder and this thing flies. I mean, it goes, it's no, it's listen, it's not going to be a, a, you know, a, a supercharged car where you're going to get it and it's going to snap your neck, but it's a family car. That's going to, you know, give you, get some get up and go when you're trying to get on the freeway with a with a loaded car this is going to be this is is going to be something interesting uh it has <laughs> it's just such a distinct style that uh, it when we when we review it we do the full review it'll be interesting to see how people react to it but it <laughs> when i looked first looked at the car the, the way they painted it the two tone um paint job and the design of the car make it look like it's a silver car giving birth to a black car. It's, it's really kind of interesting the way this thing looks. And um, so we'll, we'll, uh, when we do the full review, we'll give you pictures and everything like that. So it's very distinctive, but a lot of people like it. 
parked a couple of nights down at the Edmonds waterfront, just, uh, you know, watching the sunsets. And lots of people came by, looked at the car, and were very impressed, were asking me about it. That's how you always know. You know, the, the, the true test of a car is take it down to the Edmonds waterfront or to Trader Joe's or one of those places and sit back and just watch people looking at it. That's all. Just take a look at people looking at the car and you'll see how interested they are. And a lot of people stopped. And it was interesting to me, though, also that a lot of older people stopped and looked at this car. A lot of people more, more my age than maybe Nathan's age. So that was a, a, a very interesting part of that. Uh, but uh, as I said, it, it, it's it's roomy. It's the interior on this car is very well done. As a matter of fact, I almost question Toyota for putting this car out there because if you get into this car and you look at the exterior looks and the interior comfort, you may ask yourself, why should I spend $80,000 on a Lexus when I can buy a Toyota Crown for sixty dollars or fifty five? and get basically um, a pretty good car. You don't get the, you know, a good car, a great car, actually. Uh, you don't get the, you know, the wood appliques on it, but uh, go to the store and buy yourself some contact paper, and you can put it on and have it done. So it's, uh, it, I think this is, uh, I'm going to get it out on the road uh, this week. Uh, I, I really loved Again, I love the paint job, the, the two-tone paints, the interesting colors. Uh, they have a, a bronze and, and black uh, color option on this car that is stunning. They have a red and a black that is stunning. And then there's a silver and black, which I think is more muted than the other ones. But it's distinctive, very classy. It's a very, very classy car. Um, so we'll have, we'll have more on that, but, uh, and I'll put it up on, uh, the Yovini, what are you driving this week? Uh, Facebook page as well. So we have it there. So you have, I mean, you have hybrid, you have everything you need, uh, right there. And, um, you know, th this is a newer hybrid system for Toyota. And it, um, I, I, I think they may have a winner here for people that are still interested in a car. In a passenger car, not an SUV, but still want it. That's sitting up high. Because I mean, part of the appeal of the SUV is that you're sitting up. You're sitting high, and you see kind of over the road. And 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 the um the crown accomplishes that. One thing that, that bugged me on this thing a little bit, though, for a sixty thousand dollar car, it doesn't have a. And I notice this is weird. Uh, there's no button to close the trunk. You have to manually close the trunk. And I know it sounds like you're saying, Vinny, you're being picayune about this. But when you got your arms full and you get used to that, now you touch that thing and, it, and it, there's nothing up there to touch to make the trunk close. You got to put it on your arm, put your arm up and pull it down. It makes a difference. It really does. But again, um, pretty, pretty nice looking ride. And as I said, you're probably going to look at about a fully loaded one like I'm driving is between 55 and 60. You'll be able to buy, uh, you know, a little bit less expensive model, I think probably for around 45 or something like that. I think if you're buying a car like this, you're probably gonna, um, going to, uh, you know, want to 
you know, the loaded one will be more when you, you know, go out and splurge a little, live a little. Go ahead. All right. It's Drive Time Radio. I'm New York, Vinny. Quick break here. And we come back with the uh, cartoon. And we also have the uh, 10 best American cars of all time as seen from the people at Goodwood. It's Drive Time Radio. I'm New York, Vinny, right here on 1150 KKNW. Ever look inside a drop of gasoline? We do at Tidewater again and again, splitting the tiniest of drops even smaller and smaller and smaller. Then we check the balance of molecules to learn all that science can learn. All to make Flying A the most advanced gasoline of today and for tomorrow. From other Tidewater research programs come new ways to bring your car a longer engine life with lubricants designed to protect under all conditions in any climate. That's why Vidal motor oils are so widely used in 82 countries around the world. And Tidewater research also brings you greater safety with the remarkable new Flying A safety ride tire. First with the revolutionary Dynapol tread. New safety ride tires take extreme punishment with an extra margin of safety. Watch. At 50 miles per hour, these Flying A tires on the left stop 39 feet safer than other premium tires. New gasolines developed in Tidewater laboratories have to prove themselves under the widest range of driving conditions. They're tested for winter driving high in the mountains, tested for summer heat out on the desert, tested for start and stop driving too, tested and tested to make sure Flying A gasoline puts more action in your car wherever you drive. This research is just part of Tidewater's one and a quarter billion dollar investment for your car. And here's where it all pays off for you. In finer products and better service at your Flying A dealer. Drive in at Tidewater's sign of quality, Flying A. Working hard to put a smile on your face. Alternative Talk 1150. Back with the Drive Time Radio right here on 150KKNW. You know, if you something to do this weekend, uh, the 35th Annual Pacific Northwest Historic Races are out at um, are out at uh, Pacific Raceways, the, the vintage Grand Prix stuff. I think it's a great time to go out there and uh, check, you know, check Pacific Raceway schedule so you can go out and see some of the great old sports cars. They race them around a track and it's uh, the road course. And it's really, uh, it's great. I did the uh, um, Pittsburgh Grand Prix, vintage Grand Prix for a number of years uh, with the Corvette. And it's, uh, it a lot of, it's a lot of fun. And a lot of, you know, you go out and you see these old kind of Morgans out there and stuff like that, like the cars you would see at Goodwood. All right, let's do our, our Saturday morning cartoon so we can get to that and get you a little music up here. Um, you know, you uh, you think of American cars, you think of America, um, and you think of uh, the late, great Craig Breedlove, who set the uh, land speed record at Bonneville Salt Flats a, a few times. I think he was the first guy to go. 300, 400, and 500 miles an hour in a car. His car, the Spirit of America, exemplified um, the uh, the spirit of the time in the 60s when everything in cars was all about speed and flying in a straight line. 
nobody worried about how much gas you were using, although his car used jet fuel. Nobody worried about uh, about cost. It was just see how fast you can go. And I think the Beach Boys and Brian Wilson captured that in uh, this song that was dedicated to, uh, while he was still alive, the late, great Craig Breedlove. Here it is, Spirit of America from the Beach Boys. For the Beach Boys and Spirit of America, our Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, that uh, we do it because music and cars go together so well. If you have a suggestion for one, you can always uh, email us at Vinny at drivetime-radio.com. Or if you see Nathan, uh, just stop him in the street and, uh, and and tell him. Say, hey, Nathan, tell Vinny to play this, and uh, he'll accommodate you. Right, Nathan? Yes, and you can find me. I'm pretty easy to spot. Uh, just look for the person that is taller than the rest of the crowd, and that will most likely be me. You know what's going to happen? Now, you said that, and you're going to have all these tall people getting, you know, having all these imposters. Play a song for me. <laughs> you're creating havoc for tall people now. I don't know why you want to do that, but that's okay. All right. Um, the 13, this is Goodwood. Goodwood, if you're familiar with autos, is, uh, is this event that goes on in England every year. They bring the finest machinery in the world. Uh, to Goodwood to race and to show off and to display. And it's a, it's a serious bunch of car collectors and people who love to race, who love to um, talk about cars. Uh, they have their own website. Go to goodwood.com uh, and you can learn more about them. But they, I, I wanted to do the 10 best American cars, but I wanted to try to do it from a perspective not just of muscle cars or this or that or hot rods or, you know, I want to do it from truly the 10 best American cars, uh, the, the 10 most influential cars, 10 iconic cars. You know, if, you, if somebody asked you what kind of car represents America the most throughout the years, these are, these are some of the cars you'd come up with uh, pretty quickly. We started out, and they're in no particular order, uh, I believe, but... According to Goodwood, at the top 13, we'll do the 13, uh, the Ford Model T is at the top of the list. It's the car that put the world on wheels. First mass-produced car, widely available. First car that most people could afford. It was a crazy car to try to drive. But if you had one, people looked at you going down the street and said, I, I got to get one of those. What? Only 400 bucks? I think I'll go get one. Uh, second one on the list is the Duesenberg Model J. Um, if you ever get a chance and you're, and you're in Indiana somewhere, there's a Duesenberg Museum in Indiana that is off the charts. This is a car you've seen in mo a million movies. But the Duesenberg Model J, uh, you think about it, it cost $22,000 in 1930. That would be $246,000 today. You could buy a house back then. For, you know, I, I mean, $6,000, $8,000. And it came along right at the uh, eve uh, of the Great Depression. But it was one of those cars that uh, had incredible speed, had incredible engineering. They were almost all hand-built. And um, the gangsters and businessmen alike loved the Duesenberg Model J. Number three on the list, and I'd agree with this wholeheartedly, the Willys Jeep. Um where would America be without the Jeep? Uh, I mean, we came up with, uh, Americans did, uh, in, uh, in Pennsylvania, northern Pennsylvania, came up with the, 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 the car that won the war. 
I mean, Jeeps did more to shuffle wounded GIs, to move people around, to get uh, equipment into position than anything else. And it inspired so many other Jeeps uh, and other brands that came along. The Land Rover, um, you know, the SUV was born of the Jeep. It was the original sport utility vehicle when GIs bought them and started bringing them home. Uh, The Shelby Cobra, uh, it was kind of a marriage of the British sports car style and the American beefier V8 power put it together in the 1960s. If you have a, um, if you have a, a Cobra or you see a Cobra and it's a genuine one, it's, it's something to see the Ford Mustang GT, uh, born in 1964 and a half. They took a Falcon, a Ford Falcon, and they put it, hung a, a different kind of body on it and thought it would appeal to youth. Uh, Lee Iacocca, did when he was head of Ford, and boy, was he right. No car was more successful in the 60s, really, than the Ford Mustang. It it created its own genre of car. The pony car, the muscle car, were were born pretty much from the the Ford Mustang. The Ford F-150 pickup, another car that, um, well, number one, it's the best-selling motor vehicle on earth. No other motor vehicle has sold more in its 70-plus years on sale than the Ford F-150. Goodwood says the 93 ninth-generation F-150 is the representative of all of the F-150s put together. Reliable and dependable. It's a truck that you could take to work and know that you were going to show up at work. If you're calling your boss calling in sick and you owned the F-150, you're calling up with mechanical problems and you owned an F-150, your boss was saying, nah, you were out drinking last night. Uh, obviously, the Chevrolet Corvette is going to be on this list. They list the C5. I'll put any Corvette on there as a symbol of America around the world. You see, you know, I would have a video on uh, YouTube, uh, my search for the lost Corvette in Cuba I want to search for Corvettes in Cuba. And you want to look at a car that, that they look at and say, that's America. The Corvette is the car. They also put the Dodge Viper on this list I thought was real interesting. I don't know that I would have put it on the list, but they say that for uh, for speed and for uh, pure bawdiness uh, and, a, and a car that uh, has uh, 500 horsepower, that it falls into that class of the AC Cobra. Big power in a little car. Something the Americans are good at. Next up on the list of Ford GT. I've driven one. If you've ever driven one or driven in one, it is a spectacular ride. I don't, you know, it's a, it's a whole different animal than what you're used to. But if you see one of these cars, you know you've seen it. The Cadillac CTSV, another car that uh, Goodwood says represents America. Uh, CTSV was just a great car to drive. The first time I got in one, this four-door Corvette, it was it was unbelievable because it was the first time I thought that an American car beat the crap out of a BMW, and it was two-thirds the price of it. Uh, the CTSV is and the CTS five uh, Blackwing also. Well, the CT5 Blackwing, I should say, also great cars. Not as good though is that original CTSV. 
one of the most iconic American cars out right now. You could you could think about any car, but you have to put Tesla on the list. It's the best-selling car in uh, in America, passenger car. Uh, it changed the automotive industry. All these electric cars that you see right now are all a result of Tesla and Elon Musk coming out and saying, we got to do something different. And they did something different. And these cars, uh, love them or hate them, you got to give them their props. Uh, the Model 3, the more mass one, the, the Model F uh, S um, disrupted the automotive business. Uh, the Chevrolet Camaro goes in there again, came along a, a year or so after the Mustang, two years after the Mustang, and was a vehicle that uh, the, the 69 Z28 Camaro, whether you have a convertible or a hardtop, was just an incredible, incredible vehicle. It will always be remembered to see uh, the uh, Chevrolet Camaro as one of the greatest vehicles. And, and I think for a long time, beat the crap out of the Mustang on the tracks and uh, on the street, on the, you know, on the drag strips. Uh, the Ford Mustang GT is uh, number 13 on the list. And again, an iconic, and, I, and they put the, uh, I, we put the Mustang in there uh, in two places. They put it as an iconic uh, car in the 60s. And again, one you would look at today because the Mustang finally was exported from the United States around the world. It hadn't been for many years. But once the 2015 Mustang came out, and they came out with the GT, uh, what they call the global Mustang, they exported this car, and you could buy it at a reasonable price, even in the UK. It was right-hand drive. It, had, it represented America. And, you know, the things that British and foreign cars don't do, extreme horsepower, V8 engines, rear drive, tire smoking, uh, you know, uh, enjoyment, American graffiti. You could, if you lived in Europe, you could go buy now American graffiti, you know, in, in one package. And that's what Goodwood Road and Racing uh, says is the uh, the top 13 American cars uh, of all time. Now, I'm sure that we could come up with uh, a different 13, and maybe it might be fun someday to do that. But speed as we only have about a minute left in the show, <laughs> we're probably going to have to wait for another week to do that. But uh, certainly an interesting perspective from uh, the British perspective, which is, uh, you know, I mean, there are there are cousins, right? We got to we got to respect what they think. I would try to come up with the top 10 British cars, but you might have a little bit of trouble uh, because British cars obviously are not known for their, um, uh, shall we say, uh, uh, shall we say, uh, mechanics. We'll, 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 the Reliant we'll, Robin. What, 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 the what, Reliant they, Robin. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> especially you get to some of the old ones with the electric problems. Oh my God! Oh Lordy, let's uh, let's quickly now go to our drive time road test. The drive time radio road test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Get a chance today to get to our review of the week: the Volkswagen ID Four. And uh, I, I drove one this week, and I have to tell you how impressed I was at how they improved this car. Uh, this is a very, very good, um, uh, you, you know, Volkswagen uh, is the people's car. 
right? That was, uh, you know, forget the circumstances for a second of how it was created. The idea was a, a good car that was reliable for average people. And um, the ID4 kind of brings that to 2023, uh, an electric car that's accessible to people, not overpriced, and that you could uh, buy and feel, you know, uh, re- that it's reliable, that you can find a place to charge it, that it's fairly simple to operate. Although I will say that there's a little bit of a, like, uh, you know, the um, infotainment system and the operating system in the car takes a little getting used to. But once you, you get past that little learning curve of, uh, of the Volkswagen ID4, I think it's a spectacular car. I think it's uh, like the Chevy Bolt. It is a great accessible electric car. You don't have to go out and spend $100,000 or buy a luxury car. You can buy an average family sedan. Well, this is a um, more of an SUV than a sedan. Although one review I read of it last uh, last week said that they thought it looked like a minivan. I don't see minivan in this thing, but you know, you tell me. But uh, you know, if if you're um, if you're thinking about electric cars, you're thinking, well, you know, maybe I ought to open my eye and take a look. Um, check out the Volkswagen ID four. Uh, again, this is the second one I've driven. This is the 2023, uh, and they've made so many improvements to the car. Um, and it is also a car that is, believe it or not, made in America, right? It was being made because they wanted to get them over here. So they were making them in Germany, but now they've moved the production of the car to, um, Tennessee. And what that means is that this car, this Volkswagen ID4, qualifies for the $7,500 federal credit when you uh, when you buy the car. So whatever you pay for the car, lop $7,500 off it from the get-go because it qualifies. So that's, that's good news for that car, too. Um, lots of electric stuff coming up that we'll, we'll be talking about. All right, listen, that's going to put it in the books for us for this Um uh, Saturday morning. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Thank you to Keith Slater and uh, my sister and all of the people, George Jackson, to keep this show running, our patrons, and uh, everybody who makes this uh, little show go the way it does. We will catch up with you next week at 8 o'clock in the morning if the Lord's will and the Creek don't rise. Have a very, very happy and safe 4th of July. Celebrate the country we live in because it's our birthday. Take care.